Hey everybody, it's Ashley here. I just wanted to let you know quickly before we get into the episode that the episode is actually split over two different releases, um, both of which went up at the same time, but this is part one of episode 80. The reason being is the full episode was just too heavy for the website to hold, so they suggested we split it into two. Heavy of lots of laughters. All right, guys, um, thank you for listening and let's go to the episode. Hey, 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 everyone, and welcome to another episode of Honest to Pod with me, Ashley McAllister. And me, Matthew Ailey. I'm a bit husky today. I had a little drink yesterday. Ooh. And this is episode 80. Huh? This is episode 80. coming up soon we have 10 episodes and we get a little chill break Georges. a little chill a little uh, chill chill 80 is the edgy look oh wow that's i'm hoping to be a bit younger so i've got a bit of an asos madness right because i hate my clothes and i think i look frumpy so i've got some i bought a sequins top today so let's hope people mm. think i'm young and i bought all gold um, Adidas Stan Smith, all gold. You're going to send me a picture of them. They're, they're actually nice, despite my description. So I'm hoping that people will think I'm a little bit more vibrant <laughs> and young. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah. How's your week? Oh, my days. Well, what a week. What mm. a week. Um, uh, week's been all right. We have had a, we had a family death in the week in the in the we had a death of the family in, in the week gone by which which is sad um not unexpected um it's you know the family member in question was in their 90s and not very well but it's still sad we were very close growing up um and we would have been my mum's favorite auntie so it was just sad being here from my mum and you know it's yeah it's, it's been a bit of a dampener in the week but mm. um you know, and then obviously of everything else happening in the world, still happening, still bubbling. It's just, I don't know. It, I've I've gone a bit, I think I've, I've sort of gone into my shell a little bit, and I don't know why. And I think it's because of, well, I, I have a theory why. I think I've had a few. I tend to deal with issues. I think, comically, like I'd always post like a funny comment or a funny gif or a funny meme about something, and. Just as, I think everyone in the everyone just seems so hostile at the minute that you can't actually post anything without somebody shouting back at you. Um, mm. And what happened a couple of weeks ago, and you can give me your opinion on this. Somebody on a friend on my Facebook had posted, pretty much saying, "How can the protests be okay, but yet we can't open gyms? Like it seems like a bit of a double standard." Um, I wrote back as a, maybe classed as a throwaway comment, you know, if the virus only targeted racists, then we'd have the best of both worlds. And then somebody wrote back to me who, um, they wrote back saying something, again, 
I can't actually find the the post has been deleted and I didn't get text screen grabs which I usually do but I just sort of wanted to turn my phone off phone off um they wrote back saying well you know race racist people are people who have racist thoughts and also racist actions so what you're doing is saying you think people should die based on their thoughts which is barbaric and I was like what <laughs> I just sort of, I, I sort of read it and put it on my phone for a minute. I came back and this whole debate had happened. And then I thought, right, well, I started it, so I may as well jump in and have my say again, sort of trying to defend what I what I was trying to say. And I was saying, like, I went back to the guy. I said, well, look, I think you've made a massive jump here. I said, I never once said I think people should die based on their thoughts. I said, I said it would, to overcome the original comment, it would be that the virus would only kill racists. I said, obviously, that's not literally po possible, but um, but I think you've blown this massively out of proportion. And then he started having a debate with me. He Then he personally attacked me. Well, I felt like it was a personal attack. He said, don't try and tell me what viruses can do. I have a master's degree from this college, whilst you only have a bachelor's degree at this college. Um, Is this someone you know? Uh, it's nobody I know, some stranger. Um mm -hmm. And he says, you really need to educate yourself and read things like George Orwell's 1984. Um, and I was like, okay, well, if you put your head out of the dystopian novels that you seem so fascinated with, you'd understand that, like I said, it's not possible. And don't come at me about literature when, as you've clearly pointed out, I did a BA in literature. Thank you very much. Um, and then it sort of went on back and forth, back and forth. And he goes... And he's like pretty much saying that he thinks I'm a horrible person. And I was like, look, to sum it up before I just close off the phone, if the worst case scenario is that people read this and think Ashley wants racist people to die, people who have racist thoughts and racist actions, I'm okay with that because I don't like racists. I'm not going to sit here and defend. I think that people who have racist thoughts should live. Even though my comment is impossible that a virus can kill people based on thoughts. Um, if the worst case scenario was that... Um, uh, that people die based on racist, that all races die, then I'm okay with that. So, um, that was that. I mean, I, if I'm being completely honest, I don't think I would condone your comment, to be fair. Because I think there is a lot of sensitivity issues at the moment about what people are saying. Mm. But, um, Although it isn't true, I think it's like a sentiment and, you know, if we're saying that one subsection of people shouldn't be killed based on their race um, or, you know, the coronavirus targets a certain number of people, or a group of people, um, I think the same should be for all people. So I wouldn't want, my, my joke or argument would be that like, well, racists deserve to die based on yeah. beliefs. And I just think at the moment it is, yeah, I think you do, as always, we do need to be careful about what we say and, and we need to do it more so more often, but I just don't think it's in, I don't think it's necessarily the right time to do certain things. And that would be one of the things that I would suggest not based on my own opinion. Mm. No, I mean, a hundred percent. Like I, I don't know. I just, I didn't really think it was funny, but I just thought it was me making a point in a different way, but, anyway i the point that I, what i took away from it is that people are just so hostile and then in this other chat today or yesterday 
people were like, oh, they put a map up of Europe and they said, oh, wherever, wherever your country is, that's the food associated with you. And then I made a comment like, I think for Ireland it was black pudding or they called it blood pudding. Mm. And I go, that, and it was the same for Ireland as it was for England. And I said, 100%, we have blood pudding because of the, the English invasions. I said, if it wasn't for the English invading us, we would have something like chocolate cake. Um, and then somebody wrote back saying, well, actually, you know, chocolate cake is something that's mainly associated with America. And, you know, anyone could wish they could change their food and have chocolate cake. So it was really silly for you to say that. And I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> People need to just <laughs> calm the fuck down. <laughs> I'm not going to sit and get into a debate about who made chocolate cake first and which country. It was a fucking joke. <laughs> Is this on Twitter that you're writing these things? No, it was something on Facebook. I was just like, oh, yeah, no. People are... So I've just sort of tried to keep off keep off everything. Social media we've also... No. No, but apart from that, a week's been fine. Um, just been following some more of this CrossFit drama, which is just on, off, on, off. And not really... Not really... Yeah, well, the guy who made the comments last week, he's now stepped down as CEO. Some other guy's taking his place, but it's not enough. People want more. People want change. People want everyone to affiliate from crossfit so they've changed their name from like whether it be i don't know london crossfit to london functional fitness because they don't want funding going to the company but the company are trying to change and it's not enough change people are weighing in everybody's everybody has an opinion but somebody's opinion offends somebody else's opinion and i'm just like okay well just let's see what happens it's just madness um what else happened this week god it hasn't stopped <laughs> This week has been a week. It's been a long week, this one, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. What about you? What about your week? Yeah, it's like it started off quite terribly, to be fair. A um, lot of emotions. Because the last time we'd spoken, I'd gone to the protest. And mm. um, it was also my mum's birthday on Wednesday. But because I decided to go to the protest, it meant that I couldn't go to my mum's birthday on Wednesday. Um, because, well, I, so I sort of let her know. And she was worried about me and so we end up you know i got a telling off basically you know to put it lightly um mm. at the beginning and then it's just caused a lot of issues within my family for my mm. decision to go um and that's hit me really really hard because um because of everything that's happened sort of my, through my adult life i I'm, i have been and want to try and build relationships with those in my family and it's been important mm. to do so but um it's just become increasingly more difficult in some instances, and I think I get quite fearful of the fact that, like, it's, you know, I was worried about... Me and my mum are good now, like, we're all good. I wasn't able to go on Wednesday, so I'll go and see her once the two-week sort of, like, period is supposed to go after the protests are. But it's just that it was mm. really, really emotional, um, to be fair. And just having these conversations with people about certain things. Um, and then the, towards the end of the week, it's just been really, really good. I feel like I managed to get a lot of those emotions out of the way and, and really have really good conversations with a lot of my friends and people at work and all of these sorts of things that were really, really important conversations to have. Um, that, yeah, the, the end of the week has, has been really, really strong and I feel really, really good. But it was just, it's been like a journey just within the past like seven days. Um, and same way that like where I guess on the internet, like, you know, when you're posting things, people are really, really heated um, it's, I'm finding it difficult when it's targeted at me for like actions that I believe are the right thing to do, whether they are mm -hmm. or not. Um, so I think it's difficult because a lot of people are very 
heightened in terms of their feelings and emotions at the at the point at the moment and um so it's it's just difficult to take it's just very emotional i would just say so yeah but that being said the end of the week has been pretty strong and really good and i've had a good weekend although we were at the park yesterday and actually honestly i think many people have just sort of decided to to not it was very um it was very close a lot of situations. Oh, really? I got drunk. I got drunk and was a bit loose and stuff like that. But only because, yeah, you know, just because. But like, I mean, like hugging and stuff. And I was like, oh no, what mm. to do? And it's you know, like this park I was in yesterday. It was busy. It was busy. Oh, so, it makes yeah. me so nervous. It does. It does. It really makes me nervous. I kind of want to just stay in the house for a little bit now and be like, oh god, yeah, mm. it's so easy to fall into normality as well. I will say that. Um, it's so, yeah, so well, that's good because I was worried that coming out of the quarantine that would all be a bit weird being around people again. Like I'd be like, "Oh, can I hug you now, or can I not hug you now?" Or no, I think people are just going to be like, "Well, people are hugging now and stuff." So yes, mm. but apart from that, yeah, now the week's been good. We've also had a very good week for the podcast, haven't we? Yes, a really good week. Uh, yeah, go on. Oh well, we have we've had a positive iTunes review someone is thirsty uh, well we've had a five star review from a user called Gurgabot 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 I can't say a name right he just wrote (laughs) G at the back and then we'll leave it at that yeah Um, they said awesome five stars I just find a handsome guy on Instagram, start to follow him and realize he's doing a podcast with his friends. Start to listen, start to listen them and love it. Very interesting and funny. Such a good crack. Kiss, kiss. Keep up the work. Keep up the good work. G, X, X. Thank you very much, G. Um, uh, Matt is a very handsome guy. And uh, <laughs> we should... Um, Send love his way. Thanks, Matt. Matt, um, honestly, your face, your face does so much for our podcast. Oh, bitch, please. I was like, I guess who this is about again. And um, we yeah, found him on Instagram and I was like, of course, he led it, Ashley. And I was like, of course. And then you know what came up on my memory recently was this, um, was uh, Barbara had been like, oh, Ashley looked good in a post she did on on, on, this part on Facebook. And I was, and I'd written like, what am I, just chopped liver then, bitch? Like, come on. <laughs> Listen, Ashley, I know you're stunning, but I am too, okay? I promise. <laughs> Ashley, you look really good in this photo, but Matt, you do not. I do not, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So no. No. But the, fit, the feedback's excellent. It's nice to know it's someone new. I like that. I like the idea. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's growing and, yeah. Um, guys, honestly, it's so simple to leave an iTunes review. Um, go to the podcast app, search for the podcast, then scroll to the bottom, tap on reviews, give us one, two, three, four, five stars, whatever you think is deserving. Five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars. And then um, you can write a little five comment stars. in there. Yeah, five, five stars. stars. Five stars, five stars, five stars. We pointed stars. out a couple, a couple of weeks ago that... Um, Somebody had previously had given us five stars and then they had changed the review to one stars, but they had left their comment really positive. Do you remember I sent it to you, Matt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so we've obviously said something to either piss them off or one of us has rejected that person somewhere. Um, and they were like, well, actually, no, I hate your podcast. What do you do is disgusting. I want to give it one star. Like, not even like, it's no longer five stars. You're going to the bottom of this pile. You're one star. You're garbage. You're shit. <laughs> Probably. I'm sure it was you, mm. to be fair. You I probably said something. Instagram, and you were just like, bye. Next. <laughs> Thank you for the attention, but bye. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think I like to engage with people, uh, but I sort of can only do it when I have time. I don't always have time because you know, I do have a life and work and everything else bubbling over and family members to appease and arguments to have on Facebook. But, um, <laughs> but honestly, we do love every single comment we get, either whether it be on iTunes or even on posts on instagram or messages we read as many as we can we will obviously call whatever we can out another big shout out to seth from the rugby club who tagged us in a facebook post this week as his pride heroes i mean i feel pretty heroic heroic <laughs> i mean it's just so humbling to know that the work <laughs> we're doing has such a profound impact on the world around us you know it's just a little podcast you know just what happens will be will be some something else something yeah else. Yeah, yeah. No, but, but it's actually uh, really sweet. Very, very sweet. It was unbelievably sweet. And I read it, and I had to read it twice. It's like, I thought it was just some sort of joke. But I was like, oh my God, really? And it's, you know, it's... it's. I remember whenever I did something on online once, and I got a message saying, oh, you've done this for me, and it's really changed. And I like making content, you know, just because of I get to discover myself more, but also out of just being creative. And I think everyone should have a creative outlet, and this is mine. Uh, this is one of mine. And the fact that you're able to do something creative, which helps you grow, but then also affects and influences and entertains other people, it just, um, I just, I find it really rewarding. And so I like to hear whenever people appreciate the work you do, um, mm. which is nice. And then, yeah, so thank, thank you, Seth. Thank you for that. That was really, really nice. Um, it was very sweet. And then lastly this week, we've also got a new Patreon. Patreon. So the who's who don't know or listening new, uh, Patreon is like OnlyFans, but you're paying for us <laughs> to keep talking rather than take our clothes off. Um, Matt will take his clothes off for money, but it's a lot more than $5 a month. For sure. I've got a lot of body to show. Yeah, it's t and so $10 it, and that is yours. It costs a lot of money. Okay, and now at the moment, brown skin is an all-time premium. Our stock rate has gone up considering the movements, and we are now more valuable than ever. Okay, so it's going to cost mm -hmm. you a lot. Invest now. <laughs> invest now. A hundred percent invest now. What a, what I mean, what a resource to have at your disposal. The mm. comedy, the voice, the face, the skin. Oh, oh my God! I'm so lucky. <laughs> You are, um, you are lucky. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, I genuinely, I think it's the same guy who left the, the, um, the... It is. It's definitely the same guy. He left the feedback. I didn't realise until just the second. I was like... I, oh literally God, the same thing, Ash. I was going to be like, I was trying to interrupt you just before you start. We've got someone new give us. I said, like, no, it's the same person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I was just like, I was trying to pronounce this name again. I was like... I'm feel like i've just tried to pronounce this game before but yeah thank you very much gurgo um for i hope i've said that right i'm really sorry if i haven't please tell me off um thank you very much for signing up to be a patreon 
uh, you know, it is it helps us uh, invest in ourselves a bit more with regards to money because we don't make money off this podcast. We don't we don't block it with advertising space. We don't do any of that. We're just you know raw, independent, two little gays trying to make the way in the podcast world. You know, it's a really really big rags to riches, not so riches story. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean. Thank you very much for doing that. We didn't want to push Patreon really recently because we know a lot of people are, you know, furloughed or uncertain where money's coming from. Um, we have, you know, we, we're obviously very grateful for the Patreons who, who are with us and those who have supported us in the past. Like it's it's unbelievable. Um, but yeah, to show this sort of support is something that um, I would never have imagined when we started two years ago, what it would be like. Here we are, 80 episodes in and people are like, hey we love what you do so much that we want to support it like this it's overwhelming i'm overwhelmed every day absolutely thank you so much for contributing and helping us a feedback and a patron in one week is beautiful beautiful i know like, like honestly it's so 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 sweet so thank you very much yeah. um yeah and you earn a special video chat with ashley McAllister. Um, which you can use um it's a seven minute chat should we um, introduce our next well our guest for this oh, week maybe oh my god yeah we have a guest coming on in a minute and oh my days are we in for a treat uh but before Matt gives him a little intro, uh, so much we didn't get a chance to talk about, which we wish we could have, and we might cover it off some other time. You know, J.K. Rowling and her tweets didn't oh, get a mention dear. this week. Oh, my God, Day. what a fucking Harry Potter disaster that is. Mm. Um, the whole uh, blackface issue of Little Britain, Gone of the Wind, the media taking things off media channels. We didn't get a chance to talk about that this week. So again, maybe one other day we'll talk about that. But um, Matt, let's talk about our guest. So this guest is someone I've known for a long time. We went to secondary school together and we started when we were 11. <gasps> um, yeah. Oh my God. So 67 only... years ago. I was going to say eight years ago when I was <laughs> 11 years old. Um, we went to St. Aloysius College in North London. Shout out St. Aloysius College. Um, which is unfortunately right by it is something called suicide bridge oh uh yes yeah so we got that right next to our schools that's a little landmark it's an archway in north london and he's now a performer he is an actor uh primarily musical theater and he'll introduce himself but he's someone that i've um been friends for a long time and you know those friends that i you feel like you're just you know, whatever happens in your life, you'll always be able to just reconnect and it will feel like you haven't skipped a beat. Um, mm -hmm. It's very much the same For um, with Yokai. Like, honestly, like, he's definitely um, one of the funniest people that I knew growing up and I'm so glad that he's doing so well. And yeah, he's here to, to bless us with his presence and talk a little bit about being a performer in the current climate um, and also being a black Aww. man in the current climate as well. Oh, and we get a little insight into the world of performing arts as well. So, welcome, Yukai. Yay! Yeah. Woo! All right, 
so now we've got a wonderful guest on and he will introduce himself, tell us a little bit about his background, um, what he does in his spare time, in his work time. So yes, uh, please introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Kai Uche and I'm a performer um, predominantly in musical theatre, um, most recently playing Lola in Kinky Boots um, up and down the UK and over in Ireland. Um, and uh, me and Matt went to um, well went to secondary school together. Um, so yes. yeah, it's good to be chatting with you. Good to be chatting with you too, Ashley. Ah, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, yeah, me and Yo Kai were in. Oh, sorry, Kai, pardon me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, were in the same form class, I think, when we first started, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the same classes. And the good thing about Yo Kai now is that he's head is actually bigger than mine and he's someone that i look forward to both seeing in person and in pictures because whenever i feel down about myself and my head and people like to tell me about my face i just look at a picture of yokai and think there's always one worse there's always one worse it's a yeah growing up i mean it was definitely you know one of those things in the playground getting you know insults held and i held some insults back let's be clear uh, but my dad tells me i definitely get it from him so in school when he grew up he was known as five head yes <laughs> oh wow <laughs> so brutal. they're beautiful well, four heads are beautiful beautiful things i think correct and it's just more beautiful I mean, skin can... to show <laughs> exactly exactly i could definitely you know uh, definitely watch like a cinema screen on my forehead it reflected mm. if i wanted to but you know i love my head i love who i am i love the shape of everything about me and so and so do i love everything about you matt Ah, <laughs> oh, thank you thank you i do i do not yoko <laughs> is definitely one of the funniest people that we had in school i would say um thank so you. even if yeah even if there was anything i mean you know we, we all have our things like when we're teenagers and stuff growing up and hopefully we learn to like accept um, the parts of us that maybe other people didn't at the start, but yeah. one way that you dealt with it for sure, and I think we were, were all very funny um, and tried to have a lot of jokes in school. So, yeah, no, I really, it's really nice. It was nice knowing you back then. I must say, you know. Yeah, really yeah, that's the one thing you know, as a as a almost as a coping mechanism, but also you know, just in general, you know, you got to laugh because sometimes you know you'll cry, <laughs> but you know you got to find the humor in these things because mm -hmm. you know life's too short. Life's too short. Hundred percent. I, want, I, I wanted to ask, actually, because I was thinking about this, and, and this might be the same for you, Ashley, as well, because you can kind of remember what you were like as a teenager or a young person, and, you know, like 10, 15 years have passed, and you have an idea of what you are now, but do you have, like, an impression, what is it that you remembered about me in school that you think is either different or the same, and you're always a bit like, oh, do you know what, Matt was a really horrible person in school, he used to insult everyone, um, because <laughs> I feel like that might have been the case. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> what me? Oh, I'm asking you, asking you about me in school because I just like and you know I okay. don't know. Like, I remember you being really really funny. I remember you being really funny, um, a little bit awkward, a bit gangly because you were quite like, long limbed. <laughs> um, you got very long arms. Yep, yep. for sure. Um, but that's the main thing I remember about you. Is actually just I, I never used to laugh anywhere near as much about anyone except for you in school. That's one thing I remember. I think you know back in school thinking about like. You know the people who i was closest to and uh, the people who made me laugh the most the people who i would want to spend all of my time with you know definitely you know you were one of those people because similarly you always i mean we always did impressions of our teachers we, <laughs> we would always <laughs> laugh <laughs> like you know mr sarpong wherever you are uh, we were we were there you know just basically uh, making each other laugh and going through the the trials and tribulations of what we probably thought were you know 
our, our hardest years and our teenage growing up in you know in St Aloysius College in North London. Um, but yeah, it was it was all you know all humor um, and all jokes and also mutual interests. That's that's all I remember of you to be honest. And you definitely were what I like to refer to as like a justice type person. You were like you know I'm not going to stand for this. I'm going to speak up about certain things. You know in 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 scenarios on the playground or scenarios in classroom you know we, i think we were the two, <laughs> we were two of the people in our classes who were very very quick to talk about like if somebody was being treated a certain way etc and then you know to have a laugh about it later because it wasn't you know that that deep oh wow that's so interesting because that's something i'm going through right now at the moment actually and i think over the past few years i kind of lost that sense um and considering what's happened in the world and around my workplace and things like that, like it's something that um, I sort of mm. I didn't realize was such a thing. So it's quite interesting that you say that because I feel like I've always stood for what I believe was fair, and, and I guess in some way I used to speak about it. But actually yeah. now I, I think I, yeah I felt as a growing up as an adult trying to like get into like society as a whole, I felt like I've had to like dumb that down or not say what I believe in, you know. Um, it's, yeah, especially when it gets to the broader scale, like, you know, in school, it's a it's a, definitely like a microcosm of the world outside. And then now, you know, as as adults and with these massive narratives that are floating around, um, especially at the moment, um, you know, there, there, there's a there's a level of responsibility to to speak up about things, but also not to relay misinformation. Um, and I think obviously, you know, when you're at school and, you know, somebody's cussed your forehead, you're, you can you can absolutely <laughs> clap back quickly. But when it's, you know, a big, <laughs> a big narrative, it's it, you have to be a lot more mindful. Mm. No, I agree. Um, Ashley, what were you like in school? Do you remember? I mean, you're a little bitch now. And if you're, <laughs> if you're talking about like justice people, like that's definitely Ash. He's never let go of that. Like if he sees something and wants to talk about something that he has been do you think you were the same in school oh no back in school i was so quiet i was i would like i I was one of the quiet in the class i didn't really didn't really have many friends i used to keep myself to myself um would never have spoken out of class like and i used to like I, I used to always get really embarrassed if i was ever asked to speak so i was one of those people like would shy away and never do anything um yeah i was totally i was totally different in school than i am now 100 percent what made you did something change like or do you think you're like um, that now I, would you say no i mean I, i'm still sort of i say at the minute i'm still sort of i could never go into a room of people i don't know and be like the center of attention i and even if there's people i do know i'm always quite quiet until i can work people out mm. um but i i think the big change in point in me as far as i remember um, when I was 17, 18, 16, 17, I got a job working in a local bar and I had to sort of talk to people like customers and stuff. Um, and it was quite a brutal, um, not brutal in like a, a violent sense, but brutal just as in like a, a, a brutal setup where if you weren't sort of out there and chatty and you didn't fit in with the sort of crowd, you you sort of got overlooked quite a lot and you wouldn't be given the shifts. So you, you know, so you sort of had to be one of the in and chat with people and that sort of really made me come out of Michelle and it was I remember there was a guy um he's called John his name's Digsy but um he he's sort of I don't want to say took me under took me under his wing but I think he recognized that I was very quiet and he was very quiet but he just sort of made me flourish a little bit in a Mm. in a 
in a sort of world where I was very quiet and sort of, I don't know, I just remember always thinking, I related back to my bar days thinking, what's maybe really maybe brought up my shell? Um, that makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I was very quiet. <laughs> it sounds like you're an, an observer. It sounds like, sorry to interrupt. Um, it sounds like you would observe your, you know, the, the people around you, the surroundings and just sort of, I, I, I can relate in the same sense that like, uh, um, people assume that because I work in theatre that I must be, you know, loud or walk into a room and I'm like, yeah, life of the party. Yeah. Um, I find it so difficult to walk into a room and meet people for the first time and like just bear everything or just have a conversation. And it's sort of what's expected of you in, mm. in the industry when actually I'm quite a quite a bit of an introvert. Do you know what I mean? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I can find like myself, I could, I could start a conversation with a stranger very easily if it was one-on-one, -on -one. Yeah. but it's a, if it's a room of people, I'm there and I work everyone out before I sort of start spilling the tea. I think that's the sensible way to go about it, to be fair, because I find it really difficult when someone goes into a new space and is really like what I deem as like, look at me. And I'm like, I don't know. You don't know what these people, are, you don't know who these people are. So then I feel like it's almost like quite a self-centered way of behaving that you just assume that everybody wants to see or hear what you have to say um in those situations which, matt which I, I'll, I'll jump in matt which is a very big misconception of you a lot of the time in rugby oh 100 100 a lot of people think you're out there craving attention and it's not like this we we know personal personality types within our like when we both pay for the seconds that within our team member that were 100 percent desperate for every single bit of attention they could get and a lot of people couldn't tell the difference between them and you who just, you know, people asked your opinion and you took the opportunity to tell your opinion. You didn't over, overdo it, underdo it. You just said it was on your mind. But people, massive misconception of you and what your personality type was like, I'd say. I agree. Like, I don't believe that I fight for attention. I just think attention follows me around. And everybody will look at me and they will hear me and they want to hear it. <laughs> I can't help it. Okay, guys, I'm just so compelling so <laughs> compelling it's impossible but you know what it works it does it works it works as well because i've been like the captain of our um some of the teams and i give like these big rousing speeches at the start of games and yeah, okay i've made people cry with my speeches i'm just gonna say this tears <laughs> at the beginning of a, at the beginning of a rugby game like of emotion i can get the emotion out of people <laughs> It's it's the most demotivating speech. Oh, it's like I'm there with the tissues and I'm like, I just want to now go home and cry myself yeah. Yeah. rather than go into a ruck and tackle somebody. Yeah. Um, it's Oscar worthy, but... Um, not for do you know what? Though? I do make people cry a lot, especially when I was working in the restaurants and as a manager. It, honestly, I could make two or three people of like my team cry in a day. Crying like, out of inspiration or...? No, definitely not. Um, out of performance or lack thereof. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, listen, we need to talk, <laughs> you know, and then they break down and they tell me why they're not, why they came in late four days in a row or something. Oh, you know, my, my mum is this, my child is this, my, I don't know, my relationship, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's mm -hmm. all great news. You are literally in a place of work. You need to stop crying. <laughs> you know, kind of Again, <laughs> no. justice, just pure justice. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you know, I was quite interested, Yoko, because <clears throat> I knew you in school and I think I used to perform quite often. And I don't know if I ever... For you to become an actor, I was I was honestly really surprised because I didn't see that coming in terms of things that you did while I was in school. So how did you actually get into performing? You know, what's what's strange is, you know, uh, so I obviously don't come from a um, uh, 
uh, musical theater trained background it's something i didn't know that i was going to do and when i talk to people who knew me from before like before college and before university and obviously before my career um it's really in like they are the people who obviously know me best because they saw me at like during my most developmental stages and so like i grew up with epilepsy um as you'll know matt oh god yes yeah, exactly so like yeah bad migraines what well, really bad migraines and seizures um, actually, I think the, mm, the yeah. categorization of what I had um, has changed now. But when I grew up, it was called epilepsy. Um, and so, like, I couldn't go places where um, there would be flashing lights. I couldn't go to, you know, to school discos in primary school unless I was wearing sunglasses. And all of the other kids in the class were like, why, do you, why are you wearing sunglasses? You must think you're cool. And I'm like, if I don't wear sunglasses, I'll be on the floor fitting. So please leave me alone. Let me have my two-step. Um, but, yeah, so <laughs> after... After secondary school, going to college, um, I, I picked up, um, well, I did drama in secondary school, then did drama in college as well. Um, and then in university, I studied modern drama studies, but it was all, um, it was mostly a theoretical course and it was mostly based in devising. So it wasn't a, a drama course per se. Um, and then after um, after university, uh, where I got a 2-1, taps self on the back, um, I went on to just start auditioning because there were friends of mine who really wanted to do, um, who really wanted to go and do a trained course. And I, you know, I, I come from a, a big family, um, as Matt knows, uh, a family of uh, six brothers and one sister, um, you know, myself included. Um, so, you know, my parents weren't in the best position to send us off to various private institutions. Um, so I went straight from straight from, you know, getting my degree into audition rooms where, you know, I didn't really know heads or tails of what was happening. But I was like, if I'm going to go to drama school and if I'm going to ask my parents to spend this much money, then I need to at least within myself identify um, what my weakest prongs are so that I can focus and make sure that however many years I do at drama school um, it sort of best serves um, my progression into this career so I started auditioning and at my I think I, I auditioned oh gosh Matt <laughs> I've never told you this story I auditioned I, <laughs> I went to um, so back in the day um, if you didn't have an agent or etc., um, the only way that I knew to get auditions uh, was from a publication called The Stage when they were still releasing it as like a full newspaper. I think they still do now, but most of their stuff is online at the moment. Um, and so I would go to the back and look at the, you know, auditions that were open calls. And I went to an open call for Hairspray because the, adver <laughs> the advert said... Uh, do you want to dance with Motormouth Maybell, uh, you know, or join the nicest kids in town? Come down to Erdang Academy. So I went down to Erdang Academy and I got there and uh, the person on reception was like, uh, hello. I was like, yeah, I'm here to audition for Hairspray. <laughs> and the person looked at me and went, oh, um, okay. Uh, <laughs> and I, she was like, write your name here. So I wrote my name went into the waiting room and I looked around the waiting room and there wasn't another black kid there. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I clearly, the, this, this advert was for, um, you know, only mm. the nicest kids mm. in town, but because it had said, you, you want to hang out with Motormouth, I thought, okay, maybe, you know, it's for um, the, you know, black members of the company. So I went in, we did a routine um, and the routine, I mean, I'm not the best dancer, let's be clear, but I definitely did that routine and did it justice. And at the end, um, they called out, they were like, if we call out your name, unfortunately, you haven't made it through to the next round. And I remember speaking to somebody at the audition who was like, this is definitely only for the nicest kids in town. 
Um, and then at the end of that, they were like, yeah, so Kai, sorry, we won't be taking you forward at this point. And I was like, yep, understood, understood. Thank you for letting me do the free cardio, but I will leave now. <laughs> um, anyway, my next set of auditions was for, oh gosh, I can't even remember, but it was for a company um, abroad. And um, luckily there, I got, th- I think they did like five rounds in one day and I got through to the third round. And in the third round, I met um, a lovely woman by the name of Scarlett Douglas. And she was like, well, um, you know, I forgot my sheet music. You've made it through the third round. Um, you know, can I borrow your sheet music? And like, like, do you have an agent or something? And I was like, I don't have an agent. And she said to me, okay, well, if you want, I can give you the email of my agent because you've helped me out by giving you, me your sheet music. Um, and then you can maybe, you know, talk to them about representation. And that's when the ball really started rolling. Um, I got, I, yeah, I got in with an agency called K Talent. And then, yeah, just started auditioning through them and landed my first job, which was Tyrone and Fame in Italy, touring Italy. Oh, I forgot about that. The first thing I remember you was Avenue Q. <clears throat> um, yeah, that's the first thing I did in this, in this country, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so how was your time in Italy? That was, in, it was incredible. The, um, the, the reverence that they have for stage performance in Italy was something I just never knew. So, you know, we'd, we arrived in our first um, venue in Milan and we did the performance. And after the performance, we were told that we had to do like a, an address to the audience and talk to them and answer questions. So I was like, okay, cool. So they said, Kai, you'll be going last. Um, so what we had to do was just say, hi guys, but in Italian, which is ciao ragazzi. Um, and then say who we were and say what our character was. So they set up this line of chairs on stage and they went from stage left through to stage right. Um, and the person stage left said, you know, ciao ragazzi, I'm X, Y, and Z, and I play X, Y, and Z. Um, and the audience were like, woo, yay. And by the time it got to me, I, I said ciao ragazzi. And this wasn't because of, it wasn't because it was me, but because they're so, I think at the time, the, the younger people within the communities that we were, performing to i don't think they had that much exposure to um uh, black people on stage in italy um and so i said ciao ragazzi and they went absolutely like wild and i was like this is my first experience or like what it must feel like to be like beyonce Uh, (laughs) this is is how beyonce feels every day um and yeah it was it was it was meant like it was mental i really like i came back from there to (laughs) to the uk and did my first performances in the uk in a professional setting and um, I remember remarking upon it saying, like, oh, in Italy, you'll feel like Beyonce every time you see somebody from, you know, either at stage door or when you're talking to someone. In the UK, there feels like this sort of, well, impress me <laughs> um, attitude. You're, um, not, you're not even a Michelle. In, yeah, well, there we go. Exactly. <laughs> in Italy, like was this feeling like Michelle? This is before your performance. You hadn't even performed and they just cheered wildly for you. Um, no, so it was at the end of performances. Uh, at the end of performances where we would do the question and answer and they would just cheer wildly after just saying your name. And then we got loads of questions and some of them were interesting. Some of them we were told not to respond to. Um, but yeah, they always <laughs> Like <cheered>. what? <laughs> we'll save that for another like time. <laughs> oh, um, man. Yeah, yeah. No, they were seriously, some, some like, you know, can we have Kai's number? And they were like, whoa, okay, here's the thing. Um, this is a professional environment, and so you don't, Kai, you don't need to answer that no. question. Also, at stage door, we'll be by your side. Oh man, that's wicked! And then the most recent thing you did was playing Lola in Kinky Boots. Yes, the lovely lady Lola in Kinky Boots, up and down the I, UK and across an island. I fucking oh. love Kinky Boots so much. 
it hurts. I saw it like <laughs> it was on the Strand um, in London, and we got some free tickets from my friend at, at work. She just um, they gave them out to people where we work, and I took my mum, and it's, she thinks it's the best thing she's ever seen. It's such, uh, such a good performance. Had you seen the show before you actually performed in it? So I saw the um, opening night of the London cast. Uh, so I saw Matt Henry do it originally because Rose, my partner, was head of... No, she was working in wardrobe um, at the... Yeah, at, at Kinky Boots in the West End. So I went to go and support her. And, um, and yeah, saw the first production... The first... Um, the opening show. There we go. Got there eventually. And um, I... Yeah, I had, it, I, it blew me away. Like, this mm. story of... You know, it's a you know an underdog story, a story at the turn of like you know, the industrial development, like where shoe making and boot making was concerned, and also just this story of like real heart. Like, it just opened my eyes as well in so many mm. ways. Like, yeah, Matt, Matt, um, who is a friend of mine, he he did such an incredible job. I remember texting him, being like, "Wow, wow, wow, you blew me away. Thank you." I remember him from The Voice, so I didn't realize that he was on. That. I didn't connect the dots. And he's the same person. He, he got quite far in the voice, actually, didn't he? When he was on it. He did. He did. Yeah. There's a, there's, so um, <laughs> there's a physiotherapist I know who absolutely loves one of his like performances. I think it was Babylon that he did um, while he was on The Voice. And, you know, we, we'd always... Te- so we worked together on Avenue Q, me and Matt Henry. And we'd always teased him about how much he looks like Will I Am. Um, yeah 100 <laughs> percent. yeah so then when he was on the voice and everybody started saying it we were like nah we said it first nah, nah, nah. <laughs> ash have you have you seen kinky boots i heard of it um yeah i mean i, I i've seen the film but i, I never got to see because i think it came, when did it come out in london because i i think it might have came out just like before i moved back and then it finished just after i moved back like moved back to ireland i don't think it was there for ages it's not like one of the ones that have been there for like ages and ages and ages like it I think it was there for a couple of years, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think he did yeah. three years on the um, West End. Um, so, yeah, yeah, Rose left. So, I was on Book of Mormon from 2013. Oh, my yes. God. Well, we, oh, Ashley! Yes, yeah, so we went to oh, see Ashley Book of Mormon to together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. When oh, that's so good. I was with Matt whenever he first seen Book of Mormon. I don't know how many times he's seen it, but for the first time, Matt, I went with you that time anyway. We sat in the front and we yeah. couldn't kept stop laughing. And I think, um, yeah, we were right in front of the, right behind the orchestra, weren't we? Mm, you're right up there because we got the lottery tickets yeah and the and the camera kept picking up us <laughs> laughing our heads off and... <laughs> oh my gosh i remember that day actually because we so matt you could probably attest to this you do not have the, the quietest laugh let's be clear um <laughs> i am dainty as fuck okay i'm adorable just saying i will say this though um i started listening to podcasts um at like 1.2 speed or one and a half speed just because at the moment, I think, and same for hours, they're a lot longer at the moment because I think people have just got bare time in their hands. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So I started listening to them faster. And I was listening to our podcast, um, the one just gone. And then my laugh, obviously, is quite distinct and loud. And it was like, if you listen to my laugh at fast speed, it's ridiculous. It's like, I was like, oh, shit. I couldn't stop laughing. I was like, oh my God, I need to stop laughing at this. <laughs> anyway. You know what you need to do? You need to sample it. Sample it and put it in a beat. <laughs> you, it could probably work. Do you know who'd like, what's her name, that young girl? Because her and her brother, Billie Eilish, um, <laughs> her and her brother like to find like sounds out in like just regular life. Um, so I probably just like laugh, send it to her and him and then see if they'll use me in one of their songs. Yep. Make millions, make millions. 
um, but yeah, we when when we watched when we yeah, when we were performing and you were in the audience, my friends substage um, on the show were like, <laughs> "That's that's your friend, right? The one sitting right behind the MD, who's also on the camera that we have backstage." And we were watching you laugh from backstage because we could see you on the MD's camera. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, because I'm loud at laughing, but I'm not just loud and expressive. It's exactly. a whole like tilt the head back, open mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, like one of the puppets in Avenue Q, like properly. Just like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's a full it's a full experience. Like it's a whole thing. <laughs> it's good. I think, do you know what though? I think it helps make the show. Like if you saw me at the front, just losing my shit. I feel like it should help. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Like, so so you're welcome. Shows. You are welcome. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Because there have been so many shows where you're like, this is a comedy, and yet there is somebody sat <gasps> on the front row who is asleep. I'm like, first no. of all, Ooh! you know it's not an it's not an inexpensive ticket. Like it's a lot of money. <laughs> I was about to, to say um, it's an expensive nap, that is. Such an expensive nap. That's exactly what we say. Like, what an expensive nap this person has taken. Kudos to him because we're playing music loud, we're jumping around, we're you know, absolutely sweating our bollocks off. Sorry for saying bollocks, but um, it, yeah, it, we, then you look into the audience and you're like, this person is not, is just not responding whatsoever because they, wow, they're, wow, they're asleep. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Just keep <laughs> like, find it somewhere else. How is that possible? I don't know. I couldn't It's tell such you. a good show. Oh my God, it's so funny. So funny, that's madness. Yeah. Have you had any like, what is like the worst experience you've had performing? Oh gosh, that's like uh, like <laughs> um, not you can't you can't say Matt laughing in the front row because he's right on the recording <laughs> as well. <that'd> be... <laughs> no, I can genuinely say from the bottom of my heart that was a joyful experience. Um, the worst experience <laughs> that I had. Oh gosh. Okay, so the worst experience that I had on that show that was funny um, was um, so in Spooky Mormon Hell Dream. Um, we have to wear these like all black um, onesies with skeleton um, like um, like bones on all over them. I was gonna um, say, in your case, they just had you naked and painted you. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> How dare you? I t- I've been just... to the gym once since since Aloysius. Okay, allow me. <laughs> Go on, anyway. Um, <laughs> now you're hench. You're hench now. Like you're good. You're good. You just couldn't resist it, could you, Matt? Could you? Just, just I had shall to, like, not resist. Punch me right in the ribs, which brings <laughs> me back to the story, actually. Um, so there was a, um, it, for Spooky Mom and Hell Dream, like the, the hellscape, like all of the, the, the flats, um, and so like these massive curtains flow, um, fly in from the top of the, the, um, of the stage area, um, depicting obviously the hell, um, hell landscape. And one of them, instead of so basically that when they come down um part of them sometimes touches the stage and that bit is usually meant to go down and back as an up stage so underneath so that it's out of everyone's way um on the day that this incident occurred it did not go down and back it went down and forward so it wasn't secure and so i'm there in my um skeleton onesie um with uh ballet plimsolls in and I go to start doing my routine. And as soon as, so I'm the person, by the way, who is charged or who was charged with holding a cup of water so that Elder Price could drink water in the middle of um, Hell Dream. And that's the only drink that he gets before he then goes from Hell Dream through to another scene through to um, I Believe, right? Um, and I Believe is a massive sing for anybody who knows it. Uh, so I had to give him that water. So I go to step out and on my first, like my, my count of one, which is to like, foot, like um, what you call it, jump down onto my left leg. This leg goes down with such force, but because that bit of curtain was slid out, my foot, I, I kid you not, my foot flew behind me 
And I swear, like, in my head, it's like it, it came back and touched me in the back of my head. It obviously did not do that. I'm not that flexible. It probably could have. <laughs> no, your head's just that big. I've seen the back of your head. <laughs> it definitely did. That's not fair. I definitely teed you up for that one, and I regret it immediately. Shit, boy, you gave it. You gave it to me, served on a platter. Um, anyway. so, so I landed directly on my ribs and directly on my elbow Ooh. and directly on my knee. Um, and I was like, wow. But there's this cr- uh, this crazy thing that happens, right? Um, when you mess up in theater, like you don't know how you get back up, but you just get back up. So I don't really remember being on the floor. I just remember looking at my hand, seeing I still had the cup of water and then all of a sudden being back on my feet and going over to Elder Price. But afterwards I was like, wow, I went down hard, Uh-oh. like total wipeout kind of hard. On the stage so, in front yeah. of the audience? On the stage in front Ooh. of the audience. Yeah, yeah. It was, oh yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was funny in hindsight, but I remember being like, I'm bruised, like I'm fully bruised, but at least he got his water. People wow. must've gasped, but I guess you wouldn't have noticed that because you'd have been like, <gasps> yeah, adrenaline kicks in and you just do not notice anything. Um, mm. uh, yeah. Uh, oh, oh my God. There've been audible gasps from the audience for other reasons during that show. Like, um, there was a time when my friend Olivia was um, twirling one of the devil canes and she smacked it a little bit too hard on the floor and then she lifted it up and the end of the trident flew off the trident into the audience. Then there was an audible <gasps> gasp. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's yeah. so bad. We had one, I was, I went to see this play um, last year and in the middle of mm. the play, this person went to, was sitting next to their family member or their friend and was basically like, whatever her name was, she was like, you know, ma'am, ma'am, wake up, wake up. And this is in the audience. So they're trying to act at the bottom and this person's like, oh my God, she's not waking up. Someone needs to get help in the middle of the performance. And then the play had to stop. The play had to stop. And then everyone crowded around this person. And then apparently, I don't know what was their, what was wrong, but they were fine. They managed to wake up. But the bitch thought she like died or something and they had to stop the whole performance near the end at this really dramatic part. And the performance was so good. Like they just stopped. And then they cleared the stage. <clears throat> and this was dealt with. We had to, everything had to stop. Everything had to stop. And I mean, they were in a really deep part of the play. Like you're crying. It was a really good play. I can't remember. It's like this Northern Irish one. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, but it was really a good play. Is that? No. And then the actors trying to think where, what, what, what play that would have been but now go on yeah anyway the actors came back on and then they were able somehow to get back their feeling and really get your emotion in it and, and just move on really really seamlessly but to have to stop the, I've never ever seen a performance just stop I've never seen that and the actors leave um, and this person was fine it, it happens more often than you than you think um, we, we, I think on Kinky Boots, we had, I think we had two occasions where somebody was taken ill in the audience and the show had to stop for quite a substantial amount of time. Um, and you, yeah, like there was one time, I think it was just before Not My Father's Son, where I had to leave the, yeah, they were like, the show's coming to a stop. We're stopping here. I went back to like, I think we were in Southampton. I went back to my dressing room um, and I had loads of time while everything, like they tried to make sure that the person was okay, make sure that the, um, you know, the performer, uh, the performer, the audience member um, was, you know, taken somewhere or moved. I think there was an occasion where they couldn't be moved um, because of what had happened to them. And I can't remember what that was exactly. Um, but yeah, the, you know, the old adage goes, the show must go on. So that, that will happen because it's live theater and it's one of the aspects of it being, you know, there and present. Um, and then, yeah, the, the curtain goes back up, you reset and you start again. 
yeah, man, that'd be so tough to like carry on. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Howdy, howdy. Just a reminder that the, this episode continues on part B. So check that out. It should be uploaded now too. Thanks. Mm-hmm.